0: He, he is a diehard fan.
1: Yeah, he plays a lot of MMOs, and yeah, he plays uh, a ton I of. Had, a ton I had of no stuff.
2: idea. So he's a gym geek, yep. He's a what? He's a gym geek. Sure. He's, <laughs> he's a handsome bad. bastard, man. Yeah. No, he no. is a handsome
1: bastard. <laughs> he's a handsome <laughs> bastard, dude. Yeah.
0: The cavalry has perverted. Warshack's journal.
1: Cerebral and
3: motivated. Shutterstock music. Of course it would come from my voice. Who else could challenge? It was good, but I'm not like you know. What I, mean? I don't much. know. I feel I feel weird for me, you know, like
2: for the sky wall. Shutterstock. Yeah, yeah. Welcome back everybody. This is Mark 31 of the Secret Tip of Service Podcast. My name is Greg, and I can't believe we're on episode 31. Nathan, can you believe that? <laughs>
3: no. <laughs> Absolutely no. Insane. I figured you would have fired me after episode 5, to be honest with
2: you. Uh, it, it, it was floated across the table <laughs> from anonymous from, from, uh, you know, uh, sources,
3: but uh, I, I rejected it. But, uh, Travis, that bastard.
2: <laughs> with me, as always, one of the founders goes this show, Nathan. How you doing, buddy?
3: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. How are, you, how are you this evening?
2: I'm doing fantastic, man. I just watched the series finale of the of uh, Watchmen, and I'm pumped.
3: As did I.
2: So, good deal. Uh, well, joining us again tonight is one of our other co-hosts, Chris. How you doing, buddy?
0: I'm uh, currently five years from now listening to uh, watching different <laughs> shows. I'm now ten years from now. I'm also uh, driving my car. <laughs> while you're doing this podcast, I like that. Yeah, while I'm doing this podcast,
2: there
0: you go. <laughs> Excited to be ah, here as always. I hear you.
2: Um, and we have a special guest tonight, my homeboy Cody Lashney, uh, Super Watchman fan, awesome dude. How you doing, brother?
1: Greg, I'm so happy to be on your show, man. This has been a long time coming, my Panther brethren. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be talking some some uh, some Watchmen with you all. I love this series. I grew up loving the comic. As someone who was skeptical of this show, I cannot tell you how delightfully uh, surprised I was. Um, it was incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped to talk with you all.
2: Hell yeah. Awesome, man. Right. Well, we picked a good, good topic to go on it with. Uh, and you know the good thing about this show is we got um, me and Nathan, who have kind of a base knowledge of Watchmen. We've watched the movie. We haven't read the graphic novel. So going into this, we kind of knew we were walking into, but not really. And then Cody and Chris are really, really big Watchmen fans. They've read the graphic no- novels. They, they know the lore. They've read, you know, they love. So it'll be a really nice uh, contra- or two different sides of the coin here. Well, I'm not sure. Really about the coin, but mm-hmm. just kind of two different views on, you know, how we like the movie, but or the movie, the Oops. show. But, um, yeah, man, let's go ahead and get it started. Um, Cody, just continue what you were just talking about a second ago, man. What, what, uh, what about the Watchmen do you love before we get into the show?
1: So I I love how it shows that one, superheroes are are people too. And they deal with very real complexes of death and and hatred and egotistical nature and having to battle with yourself. And it it very much talks about how the world around us informs who we are. And it it really, at, at a point in time where you know, you had Batman and Superman being these incredibly popular characters. The Watchmen came along and was like the dark underbelly of what is what it is to be a superhero. And it really kind of turned a lot of those tropes on their head. Um, and it's uh, revered. as one of the most pivotal comics of all time. Um, I, I'm an Alan Moore nerd. Uh, the dude is just a weirdo, um, and, and I, I, I love him. He's very eccentric. Um, not really a people person, but the, no. the, guy, the, the guy is a, an incredible storyteller. Hates and, everybody. Yeah, hates everyone <laughs> and their mom and their family <laughs> and their pets. Um, but, man, I just want to say David Lindelof. Um, I've never been a, a Lost fan or a fan of The Leftovers, I just never got into them. But, man, Lost. this this show, dude, I want David Lindelof to do everything <laughs> now, man. Like, the, <laughs> that, he has earned my respect forever. Uh, that's how much of a fan of the show I was. Good deal, man. Good is deal is like
3: Watchmen it. still the, the, the highest-selling graphic novel of all time, like the most copies ever
1: sold? Yeah, I believe so. I, mean, I believe I so. That, so. I
2: didn't even know that. That's crazy. Huh. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Chris, man? What what makes you love Watchmen?
1: I
0: love the the idea with the original, you know, like like you had already said, Cody, you know, kinda looking at the underbelly and quote unquote the reality of what heroes would be like in in our time. But I love that Alan Moore took a whole bunch of different historical issues that were going on at the time you know focusing on nuclear war the cold war all this different stuff and all these ideas of the what if counter history um you know changing e- everything at that point and damon lindelof being such a huge fan of alan moore and how respectful he wanted to be he you know, as as we said, you know, he turned he turned this down twice before accepting it because he was just like, why do we want to do a sequel? It's done. He said he he did it. Yeah, that he left, uh, you know, things dangling at the end of it, but that's what he wanted. He wanted the readers to make their own conclusions and, and kind of like Lindelof does. Uh, I'm with you, Cody. I I did watch religiously the first season, fell off the second season of Lost. I did not get into leftovers, but I respect him as you know, a, a person that likes having different, (laughs) where he's going with it. And this show reeks of his, (coughs) of his fingerprints, but he is so differential to the source material. He, the way he, (coughs) the writer's room, he hired (coughs) what he did, what he tried to do. I love that he took what's scarily going on right now in this country again, and Putting it on its head in, in, his, in an own in a Watchmen universe, so uh, I love the history and the counter history that they weaved into this. It, it is completely, completely fascinating. And like I said, it, it's definitely my number one show of last year.
2: Nice, nice. Uh, what do you think, Nathan? Now, now we're getting into the more. Um... Okay. Not, not as informed aspects like nathan and i are with <laughs> so kinda, we're just kind of going uh, in with what we see from snyder gave us well, so ahead, well
3: from whenever watchman came out in what oh nine the movie mm-hmm. uh like i saw the trailer and i was like what is this and then i started doing like mild research on it and i kind of got the gist of it and i watched the movie and was like wow that was really good and was blown away so then i did like i don't know like wikipedia research and so yeah you know i mean just like got the basics and the gist of it so i know what happened there, but i never i've never read the comic i love the movie and i've seen that a bunch of times and i know that the movie is pretty damn faithful except they change the major arc of instead of the giant squid that adrian makes you know in the movie it makes where adrian replicates manhattan's powers and that's how it gets rid of whatever like that so that's i know that was basically the major difference and like i said i love that uh we go into this series, and I got super pumped. I'm ready to go for it. And, and like, I watched the first episode. And at the, at the end of the first episode, I was like, what the f- did I just watch? And like, I it wasn't good. It wasn't bad. But I was just very indifferent. And, like, well, I, you know, we talked about it, Greg, on a past episode. Like, I was just like, whoa, God. Like, I just feel kind of icky. And, like, you know I mean? Yeah. Like, it was just, like, it was just a rough first episode. But I, I watched. You know, I watched religiously every week. And I just like I was never like I kept seeing people on, you know, like Twitter stuff being like, you know, yes, Queen and just going to town like like they just loved it. It was the best thing since, you know, sliced bread. And I'm like, man, am I what, what the fuck am I missing? And like I watched all the way through and I got to that penultimate episode and I was watching, I was watching. And it was late and I fell asleep early on it. So I had I missed the last like 10 or 15 minutes of the episode. And then the finale came around, I just never watched and never watched because I just didn't know what to think of it. But then I went back and watched that last 15 minutes in the last episode of the series. And they did bring it all together and they tied it up nicely. And I'm not like head over heels. I'm like super in love with it. Like I probably, I I may watch it again, but like it's something I've watched. I liked it. They did a good job. The storytelling was very tight. They tied everything up good. Like you could see follow their lines. It was really well done, but I, I it was good, but I'm not like you know what I mean? No, no. I, don't know. I feel, it, I feel weird for being, you know. Like, it was Rise
2: of Skywalker. Yeah,
3: yeah. I was like, I did. I, did, <laughs> like, I feel good. It was, good, like, I mean, it was
2: good. I'll probably watch it again if it's on TV or something like that. But I don't know right. if I've, I want to get myself.
1: Well, um, and I, I don't, I don't know about about you guys, but like, but whenever a show has a central villain, I love to feel like the villain is the smartest person yes. in the entire yeah. show because yes. it, it feels like their intellect. Is what makes them so dangerous. And one of the things that caught me by surprise. That I really loved. Was Lady True. Yes I thought
3: maybe that. And
1: and how her story unfolded. And how you knew that she had power in this world. But you you never really know until the end. You know how much she was in control of. And then as it starts to build and build. You see that wow. She's really i mean she's cooking up a plan that is gonna i mean she calls the um the millennium clock the Mm -hmm. first wonder of the new world so right there you know okay she's cooking up something serious
3: well that's like i said like when you get to that last episode and you see how everything's laid out and they tie up all the strings and like you get the last pieces of the puzzle like i said you know bravo like they tied it up well and they did it well like the storytelling was tight on this series you know, what right. I mean, like I said, they brought it up, and it, it all made sense, and it worked. It was just like, like, and I'll agree with you, lady. The lady, true, like, like that. That's a good villain. Like, she's a scare. I don't know who that actress is, but she played that role like perfectly. Really oh, yeah. uh, the, Jeremy Irons as uh, Adrian Veidt, like that was like with with his kookiness and like, his eccentricness, Like, but, but it was still some, that was great. Uh, Regina King as as you know, uh, God damn it, what's her name? I can't even remember Angela, her name on this series. Angela, yeah, Angela, Angela obviously. Yeah. yeah, and she she is great. You know, uh, like I said, Yaya, Abdul Mateen, or whatever. You know, Black Manta, he, great. Everybody in this. The guy that plays Looking Glass like knocks it out of the park. You know, the yeah. chick that plays Agent Blake, like they were all great. And honestly, I found myself, I found myself this the episodes that I enjoyed the most. Like where I was like, I remember like what was it, episode five when Blake comes in? It was that you know when we finally get to see her? Three. Well, she has like her episode. You know what I mean? Like. She, yeah, three. Yeah. yeah okay, three. One. Like that one, I was like, yes. Like that was But my favorite episodes were with like the original Watchmen. Like you know, like when when Adrian was, or the favorite parts were when Adrian was on there or Manhattan, or you know what I mean? Just going. I, I don't know. I just I like I liked yeah. catching up with those guys, and like that was my favorite part of it. Yeah.
2: I see. I'm I'm right there, kind of in between where Nathan and and uh, Cody and Chris are because. Uh, You know, I didn't have a lot of knowledge going in, so I kind of knew, you know, about the Watchmen. I'd seen the movie, and, you know, I I had, you know, uh, Doomsday Clock, but I haven't read all of it because it took so damn long for them to publish all of it. So I wanted to wait until it got done, but I still haven't gotten around to reading it. Um, But, you know, like, um, I never read the graphic novel. so going in, like I said, I have a little bit of knowledge, uh, and I, I enjoyed it. The first four episodes, I didn't know if I could hold on because... I was, I was really lost. Like, like I had an idea of kind of, you know, some of the people in there and what was going on, but I was really, really lost. And then I was talking to Chris about this earlier. After the fourth episode, uh, everything kind of started to turn around where I can see that it's all building to a story that even though I don't understand it now, it's going to make sense. Um, and I, I, I really enjoyed the way they tied, probably from episode five on up through the rest of the series, mm-hmm. They really start to sew everything together and uh, it's a really well told story. Uh, it was a little bit telegraphed for me, but I'm looking for that kind of stuff. So
3: what was telegraph?
2: Uh, you know, simple, simple things like uh, you know, the the eggs and and the, the scrambled eggs, you gotta you know, you gotta break a few eggs to, to make an omelet and or right. knocking the eggs down and, and stuff like him talking about him transferring his body to organic material. And like and then I she know could walk when I hear that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like, okay that's going to come back into play later
0: somehow, some way, you know, because well, they well, wouldn't have it there otherwise. True. And, and Lindelof, and he uh, said it to you offline, if you want to hear a great interview, listen to Bernard and Mark Bernard, talk to him on a uh, black man beyond um, great interview. But he said that he had a very delicate thing to do. And not only trying to make this show for the fans, But being that it's not on like DC Universe, which is mainly for the fans, it's on HBO. And he has to find he had to find a way and the writers had to find a way to, you know, bring in people who have like you. You've only seen the movie. Some people have never seen the movie. Right. And bring it in for them. So he hired a writer's room. There were like three, maybe four people in that writer's room that knew Watchmen the rest he he, he hired oh I take it back most of them knew Watchmen and they're like one or two I think no I think it was like three or four did not know Watchmen. Okay. but he wanted people in the room to also call him out and, and keep him in check because he will he thinks he has these great ideas, but some of them like the people that he hired were the ones, not the ones that say, oh I love it. I love the direction you're going And he did not hire those people. he hired people like, I like where you're going. I have some concerns. Here's where I'm finding your holes. Right? He hired those people. Yeah,
2: and and I I get that. And like I said, uh, I I just noticed that because I think because I'm looking for it for for stuff like this to talk about it. Uh, but but it didn't take me out of it, and it wasn't uh, by any means bad writing. Like I thought it was, well, like perfectly. Like, they, they wrapped everything up. With, really, you know, there's some things I didn't see. Wrapped everything up really really mm-hmm. well. Uh, I enjoyed the last two episodes. So mm-hmm. I was up to like two thirty, three 3 o'clock in the morning last night watching this, trying to catch up because I was, you know, about six or seven episodes behind. <laughs> but uh, I knew we had a show tonight. But um, I had two episodes left when I got off, when I knew I had to watch when I got off work tonight. And all I could think about all day long was going to watch those episodes mm-hmm. to find out what happened. Because the end of it, because the end of seven, which is, you know, the two left is when she, Dr. Manhattan comes into play. Mm-hmm. So that's a crazy point for me to stop and have to wait the whole day to see the rest of them. So I sound so spoiled having to wait.
1: Well,
2: <laughs> well I mean, you look.
0: It, it does a great thing that you say that, like it brought it all together. But I mean, the way he started the show with the Tulsa massacre, oh, I mean, gosh. I'm going to raise my hand. Jesus. Didn't know at
1: Neither all. Did I. I
0: didn't know the Surprise. But he bases this like he himself.
1: Yes, um, I didn't did, know this
0: either. He He. He read an article uh, by, I'm going to mispronounce his name, I'm very sorry, by the Ta-Nehaso Coates. He also did, uh, very, very prolific writer, but also he has done a stint on uh, a number of arcs of Black Panther for Marvel. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. he wrote an article on The Atlantic about the massacre in Tulsa, and he read that, and he was going on saying that, I don't feel right telling the next part of Watchmen, nor do I feel right telling this story but I'm gonna find a way to integrate it because this is what's going on right now, mm-hmm. and it's and it, us as us as being white, me being white, mm-hmm. um, I am just flabbergasted and not surprised. But how many other? There are countless other Tulsas that we don't know about be- right. for many different reasons. But man, what a amalgamation of bringing <sighs> that in and turning that into a Superman s story with hooded justice as being. The did you all catch that little reference? Yes. When he, it, it That is pure. That was well, Bravo you, on that. So a <laughs> uh, uh,
3: little little history lesson though that that Tulsa massacre they really used planes like that and bombed fucking they like that oh shit. Oh yeah. It wiped off the face dead of to real. Okay. That was, dead, yeah, that ago, was
1: terroristic. Like that was yeah. that's dead to real and that's Jesus. Yeah. A few that's weeks ago, I was, on, I was on Twitter and they were talking about just recently they found a bunch of yes oh, yeah on, on yeah, God, graves with a, a ton of bodies. And listen, that's why uh, I said earlier, Dave Lindelof has earned my respect forever. Because in my mind, episode six, uh, this extraordinary being, where mm-hmm. Angela takes the nostalgia yes. and, and goes back in time as as Hooded Justice, mm-hmm. in my mind, that is masterclass filmmaking. Yeah.
0: Well, sure I
1: that entire episode where, and, you know, for some... Um, uh, insight into the comic, Hooded Justice was a part of the Minutemen. And he was the first one of the Minutemen. So in this timeline, Hooded Justice is like the first superhero ever. There are no superheroes without Hooded Justice. And when David Lindelof decided to make him a black man, um, in the middle of this grand conspiracy with the Cyclops and the, and the, the white power stuff, and for him to incorporate that and, and have his ancestor have to relive the memories of her grandfather. I mean, there were moments I was like, dude, am I about to cry right now? Like, Oh, it, yeah. Dude, mm-hmm. it, it really, it really pulled at me. And it, it, from that episode on, I'm like, dude, I want David Lindelof to do everything. Superhero <laughs> backstory movie ever. I want a Lex Luthor movie directed by by David Lindelof. And I there have will be him.
3: people that will come for you on the internet and say, "No, every blind girl <laughs> finds a nut every once in a while because there are other people that really hate <laughs> him." Well, That'll well, not, for this begrudgingly.
0: Well, it's that it, it, he took an idea that, like he said, we we didn't know in reading Watchmen who Justice is in there, but in in the flashbacks, but. He it, there's never reference to who he really is. The yeah. only idea is that he does have a sexual homose- homosexual relationship with uh, Captain Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Um, they he never took off his hood. He never his identity is ever revealed. They simply curled him as uh, H.J. And he decided at that point, you know what? I think he's let's black. give it a reason. I, I think I think this makes the Why most not? sense for what yeah. for that time period. Gosh darn it, it! Bravo on that. I mean that mm-hmm. m- that that makes complete masterclass. sense. Masterclass. No. I the, mean
1: <laughs> the, the word that the word that comes to my mind is masterclass. And, yeah. and even <laughs> in the in the artwork for the show, you know Angela as the the uh, I forget the name of her uh, vigilante persona, Sister but she, Knight. yeah, Sister Night. So she wears the the black mask around her eyes mm-hmm. to appear darker. And her grandfather did the opposite. Put mm-hmm. the he's putting the white makeup around his eyes so that way he can blend in to that That's time great. period. That's crazy. And it, it it's just the uh, a beautiful chef's kiss on on uh, a character that in the comics there is no backstory for him for the Hooded Justice. They really don't go into too much detail about a lot of the Minutemen outside of the comedian, and Silk Spectre and Night Owl. Um, So the fact that they expanded the original world of The Watchmen was, uh, you know, an indicator that David Lindelof is probably the only person out there that could have done this series justice. Yeah. Actual, uh,
3: I, I, I like to call back there Justice talking about good Justice <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: I, I do <laughs> want to uh, <laughs> want to bring up I know me and Nathan talked about episode one a, or chapter one or whatever they call it I can't remember if I was Mandalorian
3: um, <clears> I still see flashes of that opening in my fucking head and that's like yeah. ugh I
2: don't we, we, we were you know talking what I mean like that. that's
3: burned into my brain when you say episode yeah. one and we talk about it, I instantly see that opening which is all the
2: mm-hmm. people
3: getting killed murdered god it's
2: Right. Well, I like I said, I know we were talking about it before, and uh, I'd, I'd mentioned I didn't think that that I thought that was just a made. I didn't think that was real. I think it was just representing something. No, but no, we later learned that that was actually real. That it happen, and I wanted to apologize because I didn't know that was real. Yeah, me too. That's crazy man. Like
3: nobody knew
2: That's,
3: how they like, attacked I,
2: racism on the show.
3: Well, when it, you look at that, like when this show came out, that just that opening scene had people go, like that blew up, and like yeah. there was news stories running around of people being like, uh, yeah, this shit happened like which was news to a lot of people well,
0: one of many things that this country has done to countless <laughs> right.
3: people
2: right.
0: countless right. groups right
2: <laughs> uh, but I, I just wanted to apologize cuz i really didn't know at that time that that was real and I, now i do and I'm, that that's insane i'm wow it, I, mm-hmm. it doesn't make it any like more difficult to watch <laughs> well, or whatever but it it it, it
3: it was. Well, I asked. I asked movie. my brother in law because my brother in law, he's a black man. I said, "Do you know about this shit?" Because he was watching when we were talking about the first two episodes, like the first three together. And he goes, "Man, I didn't have no idea about that shit happening." Like he went and did some research on it and shit, you just know? because it opened his eyes. You know what I mean? Like, uh. I don't. I don't know, man. Because like I said, we both. Because I asked him, and like we we talked about that first two episodes, just because. Like, we both didn't know what to think of the show. And, like, we, I just asked him about that. And he didn't have no idea. He did the same thing I did, immediately started researching on that shit. All and right. I'm sure dozens of thousands, you know, a thousand other people did the same thing. Oh,
0: mm-hmm. right. well, you're right. But I like what you said, Greg. Like, you know, when Laurie Blake came, or was it uh, you, Nathan, that said about yeah. Laurie Blake? Yeah. Laurie Blake, um, if you, uh, I don't know if any of you all uh, knew about this. Um, I discovered it kind of later on uh, in the show. The PDPedia. This was a viral site. Um, Petey, Agent Petey uh, from the show, HBO created a viral site of memos he created, nine separate files that he put up there. And one of the files it goes into is an interrogation of uh, (laughs) Agent Blake from 1995 when they stopped Timothy McVeigh, um, him and Night Owl, her Night Owl, and she was under the guise of the comedienne. She had taken her father's identity, and they had stopped uh, Timothy McVeigh and going into it and talking about, you know, that they're no longer lovers. It has the diagram of the uh, little device that she has that was given to her by Night Owl as an FU, she said, because he he thought that... um, she was still obsessed uh, with or he's still pining for Dr. Manhattan. So that was her little uh, that was his little F you to her. But looking at all these different pedopedia articles that he he put in and about where we are in a country, um, even the last one about uh, y'all remember Lube Man?
1: Yeah, that has to be. It is Petey. <laughs> right? It is
0: Petey. Yeah, it yeah. is Petey, because yeah, um, he is fired at the end for not uh, for going a little too far with his investigation. So, Lube Man is Petey? Lube Man is supposedly Petey. Huh. That's crazy. But that's, yeah, take that, a look. Take cool a look at all, all all this kind of stuff. It's really fascinating that they uh, they took that care to kind of fill in mm. the world. I mean, look at the other things too. You know, you have electric cars. Did you see any cell phones? Did you mm-hmm. see any computers? This yes. Was, we saw yeah,
3: Adrian's computer to, yeah, run, you the, saw, to run the right,
0: screen machine. Yeah, look how old that computer is. The computers were just beginning to come back because there was such a fear, anti-Dr. Manhattan, that they had to make sure the computers, and this goes into one of the articles on the PDPedia, that they had to make sure the it was saying not Manufactured with Doctor Manhattan tech because people were so fearful um, that they were going to get radiation and get killed by using this
1: stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. That. that is crazy, man. That's a lot of detail to put into a show.
1: There's well, so much uh, detail, and that's why you know the original comic book is such a you know it's considered this landmark in graphic novels. And that's what the show does so well. Also, is that there are all these real world things that are happening. That that right. it does try and incorporate into the story, and you know it, it really does that uh, very well. And yeah, I um uh, I was a follower of the the PDP websites too, and there was a memorandum called uh, um and the subject is fog dancing, and they go into all the details about uh, the superheroes wearing this uh this silver metallic suit spraying themselves with with liquid and you know they say in the start of the show that pity is in love with all these superheroes like he's a nerd for it and you see that (laughs) when when he meets agent blake for the first time and uh, he even says to angela abar because they have a show about the hooded justice in the show so there's a show within the show and he even Mm -hmm. kind of japes you know uh, uh, the, the show is nothing like what really happened in real life so right. I I love the idea that Pete is just this nerd that looks up to superheroes so much that he's trying to be one himself. Mm-hmm. I, I I thought that was a nice touch.
0: Yeah. Well that's what we all aspire for, right? To be our
2: own. Sure. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah?
0: There you go. Again, not all superheroes wear capes, gentlemen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> all right. Uh Chris, tell
2: me about uh Ozzie Mandes. Adrian
0: Veidt. Uh, This was another touch of genius. Um, If y'all read the graphic novel, they had a number of side stories called The Tales of the Black Freighter. It was a completely separate um, part, but also ties into the story itself. Doomsday Clock, which just came out and finished up, they also did the same thing with a film uh, looking at a film actor and a film going on way back when. Linda Loff touched tip of the hat, was that was the Adrian Vite sequences going on at the same time, connected yet not connected all at the same time. This was his little idea. And so it was, I loved how first Jeremy Irons, you know, Bravo, right, Rachel, I, mean, I mean, I knew immediately he's badass. When, I knew immediately when he was cast, even though they never gave him an answer, he's Veidt. There's sure. no way. There's no, There's way. no other person. He, he, he played the maniacal, the quote-unquote smartest person in the room. Um,
3: Eccentric.
0: It, I love... I mean, I kind of called it during watching it in the sense of, um, you know, that that time was... We were not understanding where time is in this point. I said, this is in the past. He, there is no... This is not going on at the same time, but I love his arc. Um, he is still the same adrian at that point i love that they take the small little thing at the end of Watchmen when it says oh and, and a newspaper article says rr is going to challenge nixon in uh full after the fourth term and everyone thought at that point it was ronald reagan no robert redford it was <laughs> a- and how he has orchestrated all this i mean perfectly cast and i just love is the humor he brought to it because I could totally buy that Adrian would just be so bored at one point not getting what he wanted yeah, yeah. yeah. and I, I do I...
1: love the fact that they did try and add in that little piece that you know he knew he was gonna get out of there but just to give himself a challenge so he doesn't die of boredom sitting on Europa he makes this whole deal with the the, the gang warden having to keep him in check and that part at the end he's like, Was I a worthy adversary master? And he was like, no. Well, that's
3: what I was getting ready to <laughs> say. Like, I, I love how whenever they get, he zaps uh, Agent Blake and looking glass back to, you know, his old stronghold and he's getting all excited doing that. He's like fi- like a, an adversary worthy or you know, finally a worthy adversary or something like that. When he's talking about his daughter, Lady True, and I was like, That's a nice touch. Like her, of course, the only person that could give him a match would come from him from his offspring you know what i mean like that's just right. how that's how egotistical and shitty you know what i mean like once he realizes, it, he's like of course you know of course it would come from my lawyer that's who else could challenge me and, I
1: know, and I that, that was and a nice at, touch and at the end when he's talking about how dangerous she is like <laughs> i recognize her types i
3: mm-hmm. know
1: her types if you think that you deserve the power of a god then you definitely don't deserve to have it you know but, and, and he knows that because that's how he's always been Mm-hmm. and
0: his and and her point back to everyone else saying could you imagine the powers of doctor manhattan in a racist
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah right yeah, a
0: white sucks. supremacist yeah. good god
1: yeah no. that would be absolutely <laughs> would be, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> be uh, pretty
2: insane pretty scary say that yeah um, that'd
1: be hey, terrible in the,
3: if any fucker in the wrong. oh god
2: oh 100% that's
3: yeah. well, well, I, do, I do like how uh, her her grandfather says uh, like, even at the end, she's like, he's like, I'm sorry for your loss or whatever. But like, he even looks at him, he's like, But he could have done more because he's right. He could have done more. He could have done things. You know what I mean? He's got, he is a god. Like, he could have done more. And I get it. Like, I do like how he put that little shot in there. He's like, Man, yeah, he could have done more. Like, it's, it's a good thing he's gone. I'm just, you're, you're right. He's right.
1: I feel that he could have done more, but that's also the flaw of Dr. I Manhattan's character them. as well. too. It's like, yeah, he is the only one in that entire universe. With real superhero powers, and it was intended to be that way at the comet too. And then for him to have made all these bad decisions to act, to go to Vietnam and just blow people up and destroy <laughs> people, like that's why that episode uh, episode six is called an or five rather an almost religious awe, and that that's what the uh, Doctor Manhattan says the Vietnamese had towards him as they was surrendering to him. Like an mm-hmm. almost religious awe and the fact that he still did these terrible things. Um I, I, I loved it and it added to his arc on the show trying to have some normalcy. Wanting to sure. fall in love and oh, be yeah. a normal man and not have oh, to... That was, okay, that yeah. was
3: beautiful that he's like mm-hmm. as he was dying, he was right. reliving every moment that he was ever happy with her. Like that
1: beautiful. And he never transported... Yeah. Angela somewhere else and she said why is I don't want to die alone mm-hmm. and, and yeah. he is just a man he has a very humanizing moment right, right. at the very mm-hmm. end and it was powerful yeah. they,
3: they said spot on it was excellent
1: well, yeah,
0: and they it, and it's and it's just great because they capture that. As I'm finishing reading Doomsday Clock, they the, I see exactly what they put in the show, what they put in the movie, comic. Like they do it so well. Also, Jeff Johns and Doomsday Clock with that persona, they they hit that right there um, with Manhattan. Understanding right. the wanting to be it, it's black and it's black and white to him. So many different ways. He only sees one. He only sees two options, but there's a third option. There are other options that have to get presented to him that he doesn't see. At that point, he's so existential. He's so like, I gotta be the watcher. I can, I have to be more hands off. When, like you said, he he realized I could have done more. Yeah,
3: I can't well, believe you brought up Jeff Johns. The internet's gonna come through with pitchforks and shit.
2: No, let him. Let, ah! him, let <laughs> him, let him. Cool the internet will we'll come, we'll come charging at your door, sir.
3: That's fine. I will defend <laughs> Jeff Jones. <laughs> Hey bro, no, um, I'm right there with you. I will defend the man with you. He's with the, he's the best thing that happened to DC writing room in the last ten years, twenty yeah. years. Fuck, I don't know. He's great stories.
1: Well,
2: you know, here's my thing with getting back oh. to the Doctor Manhattan part we were talking about. Is Sorry, no, you're good. There, there's so many things this show portrays as far as uh, you know, uh, racism and 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 religious beliefs that it attacks that are. It's difficult for a lot of people to talk about these kind of things. And this show just attacks all of them head on because, you know, you, you can look at it as Dr. Manhattan. They talk about him being God and look at him being about being a God. And they they ask the question that a lot of people would ask, you know, a God is why do you let this happen or why don't you stop this kind of stuff from happening? And and, and they don't even hit on that part of, of of that. But the villain aspect is so good as well, because for me personally, the best kind of villain is a villain that is not wrong in what he's doing and truly believes he's right he's just they're going doing about it the, it the wrong way, way. just going right. about it the wrong way exactly that's the best kind of villain
3: mm-hmm. because
2: they're not wrong what, what like their their mindset is not wrong at, even like thanos uh just lex luthor you know right. people like that they're they're not yeah. wrong in what they're thinking they're just going about it the wrong way sure. and they do a really good job of portraying that in this show too which is what i love um so they have so many different aspects that they that they kind of tackle that are, are difficult for a lot of people to even accept so well, watching this show sometimes man i couldn't believe some of the stuff i was seeing i was like oh my goodness gracious no, like I, I can handle it i like talking well, about even, it but
0: uh even it, the good it's, guys it's crazy to see some of it even the good guys even yeah. the quote-unquote good guys how you know angela you know being the cop being the cop and sister knight at that point how many different laws she breaks trying to go after you know, at the beginning at the beginning of the season, first episode, breaking into mm-hmm. the Nixonville and and the interrogations that happen that way. You know, Lori's got uh, you know past dirt on her. You know, she's got present dirt. I mean, all the quote unquote heroes are not. I'm not saying the they're Lori as dirty.
3: taps the Looking Glass's desk. Like I'm like yeah. what bitch. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like. That girl, she ain't dumb. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I, I love, love that.
0: it that she can't get his name right, and she's doing it on purpose. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. So,
3: well, the, who, what is the actress' name that played Lori? Because she was fantastic in this series. Like, She played oh, the perfect amount of hard and smart ass at the time. same time.
1: I, I don't remember the name of her actress, but I loved her, too. And that's actually an interesting uh, thing to note, is that in the original comics, unanimously, everyone hates that character. Oh, yeah. Because Alan Moore just... I mean, I don't know if he just has a blind spot for writing the female viewpoint. Gene Smart. But yeah, What's her G- name? Gene Smart. Smart. Jean Good Smart. Bravo
3: on her. That was, she did a great right. performance. But sorry, she was
1: never a real multifaceted character in the in the comics. But uh, I feel like David Lindelof really Can improved. Can we talk about part. how
3: she took the comedian's last name, Lori Blake?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. She she saying, like, once she found
3: her out, father. like, wow, like, yeah, you know, what I'm saying, like, wow, she took his last name.
0: That, that, oh. that she she brings that up at the end of the comic. Oh does no, she. Oh well, see, I then,
3: see look she does, what yeah. It's
0: because I don't yeah. read shit. Yeah. Yeah. Am I right? Am I right on that one? I'm no, promising. no,
1: no. You well, when they're on Mars, uh, she's with Doctor Manhattan, and then she has this epiphany that, oh my God, my mother and was, you know, I am the byproduct of the comedian, and it kind of throws her world through a loop. And I love how in the show. Wouldn't she's it be, yours? Yeah, she, yeah. She pretty yeah. much in, in, embraced the chaos, and that's really what the comedian's character was all about. You know, yeah. it's like people are gonna die, people are gonna do terrible shit. I might as well do it, you know, uh, do it my way, I, and just laugh it off because everything is madness and chaos. So I, everything uh, is, well, is madness and chaos.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, at the end of that interrogation, she ends it by basically saying, "Hey." Go to your boss's boss. Tell him I know what has really happened at eleven two, and then come back and talk to me. And that's where the interrogation ends. Right. Yeah. So that's why she's still out of jail.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny though. Talking about the the actual graphic novel and the ending of it is a perfect segue into what I want to go into next. Um, I just kind of want to know because I haven't read the graphic novel. I know what I've read online. About this, but uh, Nathan, starting with you, man, I know you exactly. haven't read the graphic novel, either, but you know you know a little bit about this. Sure. What is the difference between the graphic novel ending and the Zack Snyder movie ending? And y'all kind of go around table because I got to take my dog out. shit!
3: I think we should go to Chris at first because I, like I said, I don't. The, as far as I know, the major difference is the squid, it, the, the swap for the squid, and, and, and Manhattan's powers.
0: That's like I the said, biggest,
3: yeah. Snyder, yeah that's that's Snyder did the Manhattan's powers because he didn't want to drop a giant squid on there to bring you know he was updating it for 2009 so he did the thing where it stole his powers and I'm I'm pretty sure it damn near like I'm pretty sure Rorschach still dies that cut his mm-hmm. notebook gets dropped or his journal gets dropped off anonymously at the at the tab you know the tabloid and uh, I think Adrian stays locked up and God, where is he? Siberia, where, wherever he is, uh, you know what I'm saying? Up there in that ice planet, and then Manhattan leaves. Like I think, I think that's what happens from my little bit of knowledge that I've done shooting and scatting around. But these other gentlemen can tell us better than I could.
0: Why well, you take it, Cody? I, I'm pretty sure yeah, he's so, he's pretty spot on.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, he is. Um, so in the so uh, I mentioned fog dancing earlier, and in the graphic novel, there is a comic book creator by the name of Max Shea. And together, Adrian Veidt and Max Shea uh, create this incredible, uh, this psychic alien squid that, you know, is it, supposed to come interdimensionally. And, and you know, that is what stops World War III, pretty much. Whereas in the Zack Snyder movie, uh, it's basically Dr. Manhattan. And um, Max Shea was also... Uh, the writer of The Black Freighter, which is, the, as uh, as as you previously alluded to, the the story within the story about a guy on an island and he has to build a raft out of the bodies Dead of people. his comrades. Yeah, yeah and, and um, The, the Black I got the
3: animated Black Freighter's movie.
1: Yeah, and mm-hmm. the, the Black Freighter is like a metaphor for Adrian Veidt, having to do this heinous thing that he knows that he has to do oh. But it still makes him a murderer, a vicious, heinous murderer that killed over three million people. So it was, you know, yeah, it was like a metaphor. It's my mind, man. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> dude, I, just, well, I love this shit. Nice. Like, I was 15 years old when I read it for the first time. And, dude, this whole thing kind of changed the way that I looked at it. Uh, storytelling through comics that's how powerful it is uh right but i i loved it um uh, you know a lot of people talk a lot of shit about the snyder film and i understand the 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 that, that that people have but you know i i felt it was a good movie you know for what it was for oh. that, that, <laughs> that, that 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 wasn't um and Alan Moore write off, which whatever it is. Well, shit, um, he
3: doesn't sign off on it. Yeah, anything. I he know. He okay, hey, you're never gonna get him, to get him to sign yeah, off. He probably he hates this series. Off. He's probably flipping the series off, going, "I hate it. Oh, I've never yeah, done
1: that for shit." Sure. For sure, for sure. Um, but you know, I think um, so for example, Rorschach in the movie is mm-hmm. beating, beating the hell out of people like a martial art badass, and. That's not really. He's more of
3: a brawler. He doesn't martial arts shit. Right, really, he just even, he's a street brawler.
1: Right, but even in the comic books, you know, that that's that's not the type of superhero that Moore wanted to portray, mm. because uh, Doctor Manhattan is the only real badass, powerful. Well, Rorschach,
3: superhero. in my from from what I gathered from the movie is similar right. to Batman. Like that's that's their Batman. Right. Except that, he doesn't come from really one. He comes Batman. from he comes from the gutter and puts his right. mask on that way.
0: See, yeah. I look at him as the different. I look at him as the question.
3: Well, okay, yes, because he's a damn, like, they're, yes, yes, true. Which, the question well, is what? The question is like a crazier version of Batman. Well, because... it, it,
0: it's a conspiracy, and in fact, it, it's even more, you want even more meta? Warshak actually shows up in a question comic way Get back Get out of here. Dead serious, I'll show I gotta up.
3: read that shit. Uh, uh, I have uh, gotta uh. read that.
0: Pretty cool. Yeah.
2: Hey, real quick question then. Do you think that the Rorschach mask in this show was simply to to have representation of the character?
1: Well, like I felt looking it's a glass. Well, I felt looking glass was kind of really meant to be that Rorschach character because Rorschach comes from the streets in the comic and is mm-hmm. this rough and tough dude and he has his bad past with his mother and is very traumatized by his past. And you know, <clears throat> L- looking glass. Kind of fills that void in the show. I mean, you, you, we He's all, see yeah, yeah, we all see in the show, you know, what happened to him. Uh, he was a Mormon. He's in this house of mirrors, and then the event happens, and it even yeah, says that bitch the, stole his clothes. Yeah, yeah but bitch. it also even says in the in the comics that after the event happens, eleven two, it mm-hmm. has this psychic resonance that right. makes people have terrible dreams forever. Mm-hmm and uh, it's it's aluminum foil your hat or or something yeah right so just like a a, like a conspiracy theorist and in the world there's a bunch of people that don't believe that the squid fall is a real thing like they're on to the truth like they don't Mm -hmm. believe that it's an actual interdimensional thing so that's another lindelof kind of pointing to our world and conspiracy theorists well, and people trying to buy into what I think way they it is. Dropped,
3: it I think in this series they should have dropped Starro so that way eventually <laughs> Superman and everybody <laughs> else could have come in and then we could have got <laughs> Jaro, the little superhero, and damn it, see, it all comes together. Yeah, but well, then he I mean, would
2: have came around the corner and, you know...
3: Mean, gonna... every,
0: every single episode, I, I've said this before, said, oh, you thought this was crazy? Hold my beer, says the next episode. I loved almost yeah. every single episode, but the, sure. you know, the looking at Wade's you know, uh, Looking Glasses, that episode, oh my gosh, my heart went out for him every single time. And then yeah, when, right? he, then when uh, the senator sits him down, oh, I just love to say, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot that I had this on. You know, the this, the cavalry has perverted Rorschach's journal. Who published yes. the journal was the Frontiersman, which is basically yep. the alt, alt-right, the most extreme right, taking his ideas, because he... he they just took it, dude, because Warshak was not a racist
3: by any well, that sort of imagination. Yes, that was right. my biggest problem with the Yes, that was my biggest problem. Whenever we discussed episode one, as I went, I asked Greg, I was like, I, if you did, if they're doing a picture of it. You have seen question marks go around my head, because I went, what the fuck? Warshak wasn't a racist. Like, what, what happened for him to, you know, become become the the, the symbol, the lightning rod for like this these racist scumbags? And I, yeah. but now they perverted. Okay, now but, that makes it more sense. You know, I uh, got more context of
2: it. Yeah it it all boils back down to what, like Chris was just saying just now, about what, what the real crime it was, they they kind of um, tarnished his journal. And what they did was they took his words and they interpreted for what they thought was good. And, and, and uh, well, once again, this kind of hits on a religious aspect. They used, aspect it, they used the, it like a Bible. people can say that about religious books. That's what I was going to say. They the used Bible, it just like just the Bible. Books, is that people are taking these things and interpreting for them what they – or, or fit best, and and you know it, it. That's why I said this show really hits these things head on. Um, at, at least I picked up on that kind of stuff, and Shut that was what kind of me with this show. Was, man, it it's it's besides the fact that it's got a few a uh, few moments that are difficult to watch. Like one I can point out in general is um the the, the claw hammer to the head. Mm-hmm. Like she had to have been hitting a watermelon or something, because it hurt. Oh, me. Yeah. To, like it hurt me to hear her hear, hitting that and then yeah, pull the yeah. claw the hammer out.
0: Well, I like, just love oh. it that they refer to the accident—the accident that apparently he gets brought into the hospital about—is right after uh, they put they put the um, device from Vite in his head. Right. That's the accident they refer to, mm-hmm. a- a- and it was interesting that how far they took all these ideas.
2: <laughs> well, he even says before she puts it in his head, she says, "You can just you can just tell me I was in an accident."
1: Mm -hmm. And that's what it's called. uh, So, yeah. uh, Another clever clever little touch uh, that PGP uh, uh, dropped on us. So, do you remember you see Lori in one of the earlier episodes and she has this giant blue dildo? Yeah. Okay, well, it's revealed that it's called Excalibur.
3: And if if
1: you break it down, it's X cal a bar Her ex, Dr. Manhattan, is Cal-A-Bar. Huh. So yeah drop yeah they were dropping hints from oh. from, from early on. So I'll, so- even,
0: I'll, I'll even go you one better. I'll even okay. go you one better Add it on to that is his uh, Dr. Manhattan's original first name was John. Yes. he goes then he chooses the name Cal. John Calvin, a former uh, is religious leader of Calvinist did, Calvinists were all about predestination what is all Dr. Manhattan talking about looking back and forth through time? Every, yeah. predestined. oh yeah, That's true. I want to know
3: how she didn't walk straight. That motherfucker was huge. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> hey, Christ.
0: I'll and, do you and, one even better than and, that. And, and, and go I want to give credit where credit is due on that one. Great uh, breakdown of the show, Who Watched the Watchmen uh, mm-hmm. podcast um, with uh, Jason Goss and, and Matt Carroll. Great, great uh, uh, episodes, breakdowns.
2: Okay, I'll yes, check it out. Nice, nice. Hey, I want to do you one better, though, man. Nope. That scene with the blue dildo <laughs> that Cody was just talking about <laughs> was the only scene that my wife woke up during yesterday,
1: yeah, last night, and I was watching did. it. And She's she like, was like, what the hell are you <laughs>
2: That's exactly what she said. She was like, what the hell are you watching? And I was like, oh... I tried to I tried to break everything down for her in like two. Mm-hmm.
3: Minutes. And then she and then she paused and then she turned the TV <laughs> off and
1: jumped on you, right? <laughs> She's like, "Is there something I need to know about?" Yes. <laughs> so
2: that, that I, thought, I thought that was funny. Like you brought that scene out last. week. yeah, role- you
3: should have seen whenever that when that scene came on. Like I I went holy shit! I looked over at my and at my wife and her eyes got huge. I was like, "Woo!" <laughs> she started laughing. It was we got we got quite the kick out of that thing.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah uh, another thing I kind of wanted to mention and touch on too is I liked, um, you know, the the real world kind of geopolitical things that they were managed to slip into the show. So, for example, in this timeline of Earth, they have red reparations, <laughs> which is basically um, uh, reparations for Black people because of the Tulsa massacre. So that, you know, that's when uh, in the first episode. <clears throat> Uh, you hear that, that student, he, like, comes at her, like, do you hear red for nations And it, it, it builds this world where it's like, you know, the government is trying to make up for this terrible past, and it emboldens these white supremacists that are in the world and, and have been, you know, obviously it connects to the Cyclops uh, organization. That uh, Go, ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, that was kind of the undertow through it. Um, I also loved the the Vietnam thing, um, and I, I love how it became uh, a state. It was an American territory, and you know, like there would be, there was still a bunch of uh, Native Vietnamese people that harbored a lot of <laughs> resentment towards um, America's involvement oh, yeah. in their in their land. So oh, yeah. when you ha- uh, see the the suicide bomber that kills um, Angela's parents. You know, it it creates a realistic world for her character and also her parents were murdered um, in a similar fashion to uh, Hooded Justice and how his parents were murdered very early on, too. So I I love how the the world uh, that's around the characters so informs who they are and and what. Built them to become the the messed up humans that they are today. I thought that was uh, a nice touch
0: Well it, going back to what you said with uh, the Redford Asians, He that's even based in fact in the sense of like spinning a truth and turning it into a what-if scenario because right. there was a lawsuit uh, And one of the the unquote famous lawyers a part of the lawsuit Johnny Cochran He they filed a lawsuit for to get reparations for the 1921 uh, survivors or the, obviously, the the ancestors of right. the 1921 massacre. And the Supreme Court wouldn't hear it. So this is now supposing that if Redford packed the court with, because there is another p one about the, the court case, when they hear the case, they wore the reparations, what becomes known as reparations at that point. So it's another what-if scenario if they packed the court, if the Supreme Court heard it and granted it, what would happen?
1: Awesome, man! I, bing, like bing, I said, the the bing. more that, that I learn about it being rooted in real events that happened, man, again, just a tip of the cap to everyone that that worked on this show and and built it this way. It's just incredible, man. I I I loved it. Oh okay. yeah. Yeah. Um
2: I'm trying to think what else was there about I know there's one more specific event I wanted to talk about in the show and I gotta think about what it was because it's slipping my mind at the moment.
3: The sledgehammer. We haven't brought up the sledgehammer.
2: Bring up the sledgehammer. It's just um, one
3: big gl- one big glaring thing that we haven't talked about yet.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Zings. Uh, um, ah, that's what she said. So, <laughs> let me ask you, I know you were talking about how whenever they were making the show, they were talking about, they wanted to have people in there that knew nothing about Watchmen, so that way they had a voice in there, at least, that, um, for people who had no knowledge of it, would No, for Lindelof
3: to tell on. him, hey, stop it, stupid, nobody wants to see that.
2: Right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys think? Do you think that somebody who has no idea what's going on in the show, or, and like, about nothing about Watchmen at all, never heard of it at all, Mm-hmm. Could watch this show and enjoy it.
3: My wife did. Okay. I mean, she I felt do... like me, like weird, but she she watched every week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she was
1: there. Okay. I, I'm kind of of the mindset that there are certain stories that you have to be willing to just let go. Right. Suspend your 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 sure. your your disbelief, and uh, especially with this show, you have to trust that it's going to lead you to somewhere. And if you do, and kind of like what you mentioned. Greg, it kind of took you through the first three or four episodes to be like, oh, okay, now I kind of see what they're doing. But the the fact that it does that and that it does pay off lends me to say, yeah, that if you can get through the first episode or the first few episodes, buy into what they're selling to you and continue to keep with it, then, yeah, the the payoff is, is worth it. it. It does enough to build characters in the world that you really don't have to be familiar with the source material or the movie at all. Um, so yeah, and especially now that we're talking about it being rooted in real world things that happened, yeah, I recommend everyone watch it. I, I mean, some of the best cinematic storytelling I've seen in, in a long time. Uh, there, right. there were yeah, two episodes were just uh, that the episode with uh, her grandfather. But um, uh, Hooded Justice and that uh, Dr. Manhattan episode, like in my mind, those are two of the most beautiful pieces of hour long television that I've seen in a long time. Like I was enthralled throughout the entire thing. Like I was hooked.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah no, I mean, if they, I mean, I know shows to submit usually pilots for awards. They need to su- screw the pilots. Pilots amazing. You need to submit the <laughs> the episode about the grandfather. Yeah. All black and white, that is... I mean, it, it's, you know, episode 6, The Extraordinary Being, that needs to be the one submitted. That was, I, that, I concur. that was literally a whole... That's an entirely different show right there.
2: Yeah. yeah. That was what was so cool about it, was they could do that uh, through a number of different ways. I think I think after episode 4 or 5, the next few episodes up until the last one or two were all Completely different episodes that were building the characters that you'd already met that you didn't know You know, and, and it gave you kind of an, uh, an idea of, of uh, what these characters were. Um, I, I Kind of love the way they did it. it's like I said, I would recommend it to somebody just because I enjoyed it uh, sure. But it is one of those shows where if you know nothing going in You do gotta pay attention to what you're seeing in the first yeah. few episodes and then just let it marinate for a little while yeah. Because it will eventually come into play, and it eventually uh, all those loose ends will be tied up. But it's one of those shows where it's, it's not a sitcom. You're not going to get everything right there, you know, at <laughs> the what? beginning. It, it, it's, it. it's one of those ones where you're going to you're going to get a hat half, halfway through it, I think, before you're really going to start to understand what's going on.
0: And I think it's almost and in the culture binge culture and things like that. This is a hard show to binge. This is a yeah. very difficult show to binge. I would say watch. Two or th- at most three episodes at a time, and like you said, let it sit because you will not appreciate it yeah. if you just try to binge them all. It, it doesn't have the same kick in the,
3: the pants. The week format so, was good yeah. for it. Yeah,
1: yeah, it, and that's kind of lost now too. You know, I, you know, I, I'm hoping that, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they're that they continue to do this. I kind of felt like you know, Game of Thrones was the last real kind of pop culture phenomenon where the world kind of congregated around their TV on, on Sunday Absolutely. nights. Like most of the big shows now, they release them in one uh, kind of fell swoop. And that's why I uh, I salute shows like The Mandalorian, too, for choosing to Absolutely. yeah to do one episode at a time, because it allows the, the anticipation to build. And then over the course of the week, <laughs> you're theorizing, you're thinking about the characters, you're thinking about how it ended, you're going back to watch the episode again to see if maybe there was something that you missed. Whereas you're not just having to judge 10 hours of content, mm-hmm. you know, that, that's almost it with an hour left. With it. yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah, it's
1: it's almost not the correct I, I, way to my do. favorite part when
3: I'm into a show is like like when Game of Thrones, like with the Mandalorian, you know, like even like even the stuff like this that I was talking about with my brother in law is you get to see something, you process it, and then you get to speculate and theorize and watch, like you said, watch it again and catch something new that you didn't catch and you take all that with you into what could possibly happen the next week or you try to make the, you know, connect the pieces of the puzzle. I, right. I think that's, that's half the fun. You know what I mean? A little more. I, I love that. That's, that's like you said, half the fun.
1: And it's kind of lost. You know, like I said, it's kind of lost <coughs> now. That's why I salute The Mandalorian for doing it this way. Um, I love HBO, man. To me, HBO can yes. almost, almost do no. I say almost, almost do no <laughs> wrong. Um, they, they've had a few duds, but for the most Hell part, HBO. No. yeah, dude. For the most <laughs> part, I mean, when you look at that, it's track, not
3: TV. But, yeah, it's, it's not. It's home yeah. box office. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's,
0: it's
2: funny you guys say that because I just signed up for my seven-day free trial of HBO Go, just so I could binge watch watchman and finish it up this week because <laughs> shame i you was, I was, I, was I was able to watch the game it before, Thrones. now that i've moved i don't have hbo anymore
0: mm-hmm.
2: so i just just signed it up and i just binge watched the last like six episodes but
1: now you get to binge watch succession which what is, is so dude, it's, hey. it's it's literally about a family of rich people and this old rich asshole that has to decide which one of his children none of whom deserve it are going to inherit his mega media conglomerate, and dude, it is it is great. Normally, I would not like this kind of show, but trust me, it's it's top notch. Yeah, uh, I've,
0: heard, I've heard I've got to give that another chance. I tried doing two episodes, and it sounds like a show I'd like, and for some reason, it didn't hit me. But I, I I've got to go back and watch it Yeah, it's again. one of those
1: shows. Is, it's a slow burn, but once you build into it, it's it 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 definitely pays off for sure.
2: Okay. Uh well fellas, if y'all got nothing else to say about this show you want to point out, let's uh let's give it a grade and then we got one question to answer and then man we'll we'll go ahead and wrap things up. So um I'm gonna go one through five, you know, obviously five being the best, one being the worst, and we'll just go guest first. Cody, uh what do you give this show, man? Like what would you recommend to somebody if you told them they need to watch it? It's it's this.
1: Man, and, you know, give I'll, me two I'll...
2: words too, two descriptive words. Yeah, let's oh, make it fun.
1: <laughs> um, two. Okay, so my my rating first. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but I'm gonna say a four point five. Yeah, I, I, I I don't necessarily feel that they nailed the landing, okay. but it doesn't even matter to me because the the entire experience as a whole. I mean, I felt like every episode got better and better, and I love all the themes and everything that they touched on, everything that they went through and the characters. It was just top-notch, so I'll say a 4.5, and um, I will okay that for two words, I'll say cerebral and motivating, I would say. As a fellow writer myself, this is the kind of stuff that Makes you want to delve in start doing your own thing.
0: Okay. Okay. What you, Chris? Um, I'm going to give it a 4.8. Um, near perfect. A few different little qualms, but nothing that would distract it. But my, if I'm recommended someone, Westworld. First season. Okay. That's, yes, that's it, a, if, it, basically, too. if you love that, you're going to love this. Okay. Yes.
3: Yes. That's a pretty Let's good comparison. I like the first season of Westworld. Season two, I fell off because I went, "What? What is going on?"
0: Yeah, they jumped. The, they jumped the shark a little bit. From what I hear, the season mm-hmm. three is bringing it back. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. You got a couple descriptive words you can give it. Me? No, uh, Chris. I haven't got your oh, grade yet.
0: Um, uh, descriptive oh, words.
2: I like putting you on the spot.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah, you took the you took the good one, cerebral. Um, uh, <laughs> mind trip. There you go. <laughs> okay. That, that and, and, works. Yeah, mind trip.
2: Okay. Uh, what you got, Nathan? What do you think, man? get a grade.
3: Uh, I'm probably gonna go solid four. Not because, like, like I said, it was I, it was great. I mean, maybe if I give it a rewatch someday, it'll go up. I mean, it'd nothing wrong with it. If, like I said, I think they wrapped it up great. It's just it's just a solid four in my book. And my two words would be, it's tight. It's what? It's aight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. what the kids are saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I speak street,
2: you know. <laughs> I hear
1: you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm I like, definitely man. Do, I, I definitely do feel that, like, especially if, you know, if you're like Chris and I and you do have an affinity toward the comics, it is going to boost that enjoyment a little she, bit more. Right. Yeah. Maybe be, if I read be, that. Yeah, maybe because uh, you know, if you're a fan of the comic, the fact that David Lindelof actually nailed this and actually did it justice and made it like in my mind, this is a legitimate sequel to the comic books. Like I consider this to be canon, Alan Moore or no Alan Moore. Okay. So yeah, I definitely think that um, that boosted um, my experience. And um, if you're if you're not familiar with the source material then it's just a fun show okay uh yeah
2: i i agree with you and i'm right there with nathan i'm gonna give it a solid four um and i might be able to give him it more it's definitely a show i could rewatch. uh you know if i had to give it two words to describe it i would probably say intriguing and um i have to just kind of elaborate on this more but kind of insatiable because you know uh, when it was over, I didn't want it to be over. I, I, I wanted to know what happened next and that's kind of the feeling that I want, you know at the, at the end of a show and I don't know if this show is going to have a you know another series or another season or not, but yeah, I, I just have this kind of desire to, to to want more of what they've given me because like I said after the first episode for a few episodes, I released everything came together. Now I kind of have a basis in my mind for this universe. Um, I'd love to see more from this. So, uh, solid four for me. But um, nice. I think all the way around, man, we all had some pretty, pretty, pretty good reviews of this one or pretty good uh, thoughts on this one.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, so, we do have one question. Uh, and I got to pull it up real quick. I probably should have done this while y'all were asking questions. That would have been smart. But uh, I had it pulled up. Uh, da, 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 da. Let me see. Uh, uh, I got to look up who the question was for, but it's basically, do you guys think that we're going to have a sequel series? It was a Phil. Season?
3: Okay, my yeah. buddy Phil on Twitter asked, okay, if, if Watchmen should or is it does it need or should it get a second season? Like either either one, you know, it was in that in mm-hmm. that vein right there. I'm paraphrasing, of course, but the simple mm-hmm. answer is no. Leave it like it is. Self-contained. David Lindelof himself has said that he doesn't have any more stories. There's no need to force it. He had a story arc of nine episodes, which is what we got. It wrapped it all up tightly. Don't force it, HBO, just because you need your new Game of Thrones. Don't pull your true detective bullshit where people who was season one was great and everybody loved it, and then you got season two with some difference. Don't do it. Just leave it alone. Yes. Take, your win, take your win and walk away and find something else to put up the bat.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh, anybody else? What Chris?
0: Yeah, I would say, um, will there be probably, um, <laughs> I, it, it, it's very rare for any networks, cable networks to just do one and duns, um, especially with how raving the, the audience and the critics have been for this show. Um, I would like it to wait a while. I take almost the Larry David Kirby enthusiasm <laughs> perspective. You don't get mm. see until like originally you got like back to back to back seasons of Curb and then the last number of seasons he's like I don't know if I'm coming back. If I have a good story to tell, I'll come back. And it could be 4 yeah. or 5 years in between. Yeah, you kind of lose it, but you'll say, "Hey, remember if it takes 4 or 5 years if they have a really darn good story, I mean, sure. it's going to take a lot to measure up. But if sure. if should it be? I'm completely happy. I love the way it ended. I like the ambiguity uh, of the whole idea. It reminds me a lot of Inception. You just don't know, and you create your own story. That's how Alan Moore left it at the end of his, you know. And so, yeah. you know, like you said, Lindelof has gone on and said, "I'm not. I got nothing left. We'll we'll wait and see what HBO does. But if they don't ever touch this again, my hat's off to you. You actually learned how to." Uh, not indulge too much. You got okay. plenty of other shows in the back burner. Get that streaming service
1: up and running.
2: That's what I'm waiting to pay for. Is there... <laughs> <laughs>
0: what
2: so, you got, um, Cody? What do you think?
1: So I don't think that it needs one. Um, I don't think it will have one. But I'm not opposed to it if it does happen. And that's under the contingency that David Lindelof decides that he does have a more... But they does have more meaningful story to tell that he can add on to this in a meaningful way. That isn't just a cash grab to make money for HBO. Um And I, I think, I mean, this whole series has pretty much been him earning my trust that if he feels that he has more to tell of this world and with these characters in, in this world, then by all means, I trust him, go ahead and do it. But as of right now, kind of like what Chris just said, um, it ended like the comment did, and that it allows the 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 viewer and the reader to kind of interpret what happened after that, because it, it is open ended. No one does know, and it wants you to play with it. The the experience lives in your head, and you make the Watchmen what they are by how you interact with the story. That was always the intention of it. Yeah. So. Um. yeah, I don't think it'll happen, but if Dave says so, then I'm on board.
2: Well, you know, Chris probably knows better than anybody here that I like a story that has kind of a ambiguous ending where you don't know what's going to happen. and You could go a couple different directions. I think every time I've been on your show, we talk about a story like that. Mm-hmm. But but um, I think that's what I liked about this show the most. And, you know, once again, it's coming back to what, to what I like. I like the... I, I don't Want another season because I think they did a good job wrapping it up. Do I think we'll get one? yes, I do think we'll get one because uh, When it all comes down to it. it's, It's a business and it's about money and if this show got a lot of ratings and made a lot of money They're going to pump that out there. I don't mind another season. What I don't want is another rushed crappy storytelling season out there like Cody was saying as a money grab to put it out there and have people like it. Like if it's for the sake of good storytelling, I want to see it. Um, If I never get to see anything else about it again, I'm okay with that. I'm very satisfied with what I got and I can kind of, you know, take my mind wherever I want to. And and once again, going back to kind of was saying, it could be years from now would might be a better idea where they do something where you've forgotten about this. There was an open end to this, but you've forgotten about this and they can tie that into something later. I wouldn't mind that, but um, me personally, I don't want anything anything in the near future following this in the same storyline, and I don't think you'll get it probably for at least a year or two, but I'm willing to bet you, well, a year or two is a very long time, but I'm willing to bet you you will get one just because it made a lot of money, and it was very popular, and that's just the way the world works with the oh, uh, That's a silly little goose. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, I mean... It's kind of hard to answer that question, yes, I think it deserves it. no, I don't need it. that's kind of the way I'm answering it. It's very, very kind of, I don't know it's it's, it's not really an answer, but it kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, I
1: think we all kind of feel the same way. Yeah. like you know if if there is good, meaningful story to be told this season was enough to sell us that okay, we'll we're, we're, we're willing sure. to, we're willing to be good little birds. We'll open up for Mama if there's, uh, you know, if there's if there's good content to be had, we're here for it. But yeah, it definitely doesn't need it.
0: But but I think what you said best, Cody, because I was skeptical going into this, very very skeptical. Yeah. Just because, but I think on a second season, you want to see my skepticism and go. Think, oh, you gotta you you. I'm gonna be more skeptical about a second season. Yeah, i was like, You gotta earn so. it even more now.
1: Uh, yeah. Cause now you have no you have no Dr. Manhattan in that there's no John. You, right. there, there's no John. There's no um I, I remember a lot of people so Night Owl was absent from this show. Except and for Night, the very yeah. end. in
0: the background. Right, in yeah. Background. yeah. Was very kind very in
1: yeah. the background. They mentioned that he's in prison and you see his ship at the very end. And a lot of people are saying, Oh, well, maybe if they do a second season, they'll be able to incorporate his character a little bit more, which I was disappointed that it wasn't in it. I enjoyed the character from the comic, but um, there are more uh, threads to tie and pull, but it would be a very different show after the events of the, uh, of the show. Like they can,
0: they can, they could possibly turn this into an anthology show in the sense of like Fargo is an anthology show American Crime Story, American Horror Store. they're all, well, American Horror Store now is becoming connected, well, but, said, but... True but Crimes, they, they, they did that yeah, shit, and... They, they tried. Right. They it messed it up. Well. So, but they could, but again, it took Lindelof t- saying no two times before the third time he said yes. That's how much care they have to treat this show. Sure. A- and it cannot be rushed, and if it is rushed, we see what happens when we get rushed products. <laughs> Justice League. Um uh-huh. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: I mean just sleep right yeah
2: I guess. <laughs> uh, No, you know what they should do is they should have a season about take two characters from the original you know movie comic art or whatever and kind of highlight on them then sell to Disney and have a team up movie and they'll make a <laughs>
1: oh lord
2: and they'll make a billion there well,
3: <laughs> we, right? we go I, I
0: figured get... out how to make the soup well, if you want interesting characters and little focuses on it, um, DC did do a, a number of uh, of comics called Before Watchmen, focusing yes, on I right say, different I didn't know ones. That. So, so if you do want to look back at some of the past history of some of these people, uh, it's, I heard most of it was decent. I never got a chance to read it. Thank okay. goodness for uh, DC Universe app. Yeah. But, um, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was actually about to ask you that. Uh, I've... So I've never, I've read, obviously, the original one. I've seen the movie and now the show. But, (coughs) like, uh, I haven't read Doomsday Clock yet. I haven't uh, read any of the other crossover DC um, comics with the Watchmen. Uh, Would you you recommend them? Like, are they on, just from what you've read, Chris, like, would you recommend fans of the original Watchmen and Comet to read the other stuff that DC did?
0: I, like I said, I haven't read, and I'm just pulling it up right now, on um, DC Universe. They do... Looks like they have all the issues of The Comedian. Um, oh, or, oh, looks, cool. looks to be most of them are there. Okay. Um, I got DC and, Universe. And, yeah, DC Universe. Hmm. So, but I highly... I waited until issue 12 came out of Doomsday Clock. I, did, I, I knew what was going on. I did listen to... DC Comics Squadcast so I knew what was going on. I'm that kind of person. It's not going to ruin it for me because by the time I read the trade, it, it like I'll pick up things, but it doesn't ruin it for me. Right. Um and issue 12 came, came out and I already had the first part in the hardbound, got the other ones on Comicology. That is also a very very good sequel to Watchmen. It is okay. not what you expect you are getting some of the characters from watching. You're not getting them all, but it it, it is what they set up, what Jeff John set up in Rebirth. He, he has gone on to say that even though the delays of this book, he, they have not altered the story once from what he and Frank put together. Didn't, there was wow, there no were so notes. Many delays. There were no, there were no notes so there. There's so many delays and Frank, actually apparently takes some of the f- said he was taking some of the fall for it but i mean whatever it is outstanding ending it, it, it definitely brought a tear to my eye at one point at the end just because of what they did and how they did it um but doomsday clock bravo it, yeah. it was worth the wait
2: damn it chris now i gotta go read it tonight when i get done doing this <laughs> <laughs> no
0: don't binge it don't do that <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, <laughs> take
0: to, take a couple of days
2: yeah i should you're right. I'm sitting here looking at Rorschach. i got that first it, cover it, with the Rorschach with the holographic it, it, where it shifts his face mask i'm sitting here with my it, head it, back just, and forth
0: just, just like the watchman book you can't read it all in one sitting doomsday clock you can't point. you can't read it all in one sitting you could you could but you're not going to i mean i took i you read could. a couple of issues <laughs> Took a break, read another couple of issues. You got to take some breaks to let some of the stuff digest because it is also a slow burn. There is a moment in the series near as it gets close to the halfway point that a, a flip switch and you start to realize, oh my gosh, I know where they're going with this. Oh my gosh, they did that?
2: Like it wasn't a TV show. Okay. That's, that's the kind of the way I was like episode five. Like I was like, okay, I kind of know where they're going with this. Okay. So that makes sense. Wasn't completely right, but had some of the stuff. But yeah, man, Uh, like I said, I've got it all here. I just, like you, it was taking so long to get out that I was just like, well, I'm just going to forget it, and whenever it all finally comes out, I'm just going to read it all at one time. And I don't think I've read past the second book, and the second book came out a long time ago. um, So I don't remember any of it. I'm just going to read it all over again. But from what I read, it was pretty good. if
0: If you've been a fan of where certain people have been, in the rebirth universe? Yeah. Just leave it at that.
2: Chris, you should start a oh, show where we could talk about that. I'm kidding. Or, together. I'm
0: kidding. You kidding. you should start a show <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah about that. <laughs> I'll work but, on that. I'll get out right on that.
2: I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Well, uh, fellas, you guys got anything else to say about Watchmen? I know there's a shorter episode than normal. We're not doing a movie, <laughs> we didn't have any news. We're just kind of talking about a show that we love and you know, hanging out. Um, you guys got anything else you want to point out? Or oh, you know, I have but... a
1: I have a quick question for everybody. Sure. The, uh, just because it's kind of an open to interpretation thing, and I think that was the point of it. What was with the elephant in the room?
2: I so, don't know. Yeah. Except for they, <laughs> what they, they, it they, mean they literally they, or <laughs>
1: they say something. No, literally, about an there's a <laughs> literal elephant in the room when when Angela is at Lady True's facility. She goes into this one room thinking that her grandfather is in there. And she goes in and there's a little elephant hooked up to these tubes and people are theorizing like, what what the hell was the elephant for? So I want to see what what, what all you guys think.
2: I have two theories. One, I can't remember what they said about an elephant in the last episode, but they did say something about an elephant. And I'll have to go back and try to catch it because I'm sure it probably may tie back to it somehow. But two, maybe don't, aren't elephants supposed to have like a really big memory?
1: Yes, and they they like did. and then
2: wasn't like that her whole thing is they were draining memories from her at that point in time or something like that they're like also son, I don't know, m- Maybe I don't know. <laughs> the like. Maybe they're using like the elephant as a reservoir bank for the memories yeah, the
1: right and, fluid, I think you know? yeah I, I came, up, that, it came up, up with uh, uh, With nostalgia which is the ability to relive your memories. I mean that was her invention. So um, also if you notice the the logo for true